hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. And surprise, surprise. Yeah, it's Judd. It's Declan. But who is the man, other man on the screen? I heard Judd was going to call for a coach's head. And I just, I don't even have to talk on this episode. I just want to be here while it happens. We want you to talk. I just want to soak it in. Because we all have one huge question. And it's a question that we are going to get immediately in the, the comments when this does post. Are we talking to the Whisperer? Let's just put it this way. All right. You're talking to Phil here. But the but the whisperer who, by the way, the whisperer was put into retirement long ago because of, you know, it's like wrestling when you make a career like Ric Flair bets his career against Shawn Michaels. I remember you can't this. just like come back. You got to wait a while. Uh, so the whisperer is still in retirement based on predictions that he lost in previous playoff runs. But his attention is peaked here. OK, he wasn't expecting this type of a train wreck start for the wild. One of the worst goal differentials in hockey. Uh Several embarrassing losses, eight goals, five power play goals. The Whisperer is hovering, wondering, what are we doing here? Okay. All right. Well, Whisperer and Declan, yeah. let's just start the show. Let's rip the yeah. Band-Aid right off. It is, it is time for a coaching change in St. Paul. I knew this was going to happen. It is time for a coaching change in St. Paul. Now, let me speak a little bit about logistics here. Coming off uh, absolutely... Phil, the whisperer, I don't care what you call the other guy on the screen. He's right. That was embarrassing last night. Uh, it's time for Dean Everson's job to be terminated. Now, the team is, just to explain this, the team does not play this week again until the weekend when they're going to be in Sweden for two games. So I don't know. I'm probably calling right now for something that's not going to take place this week because I believe they leave or I know that they leave Monday evening for Sweden. All right. But I've seen enough. I have seen enough. Let me give you guys just the quick um, cliff notes of why I think it's time. And then we, we can all react. All right. The first one, your top players, including Kirill Kaprizov, who does not, and I know he's getting some points. He does not look like the same player. But more importantly, your top players all look checked out. Now, you could say this team does not have good players, and that's fine. But Kirill Kaprizov is a hell of a player last I checked. You evidently think Matt Zuccarello is good because you signed him to an extension. I could go down the list, and as Dean said, I'm not going to name names. I don't sell people out, but we sucked last night. And that's what Dean said, all right? So when your top players are checked out, that is on the coaching staff to fix that they don't seem to be able to, and they're doubling down on their mistakes because after moving Kaprizov to the, uh, to the Rossi line, sure as hell last Friday in Buffalo. What, what did we see? Got to put Hartman back with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Cause that's how I do things. All right. No, that's not how you do things. That's how you're comfortable. That's how they're comfortable. And no one right now should be comfortable. The other thing, this is the second consecutive season with a 
crappy start. Now, we can debate, well, it's early, it's early. Ba- ba- you know, Bally's was trying to sell us on that last night, except for my guy, Wes Wallace, who went ballistic, and it was just awesome. But, you know, it's early. Well, a year ago, after 15 games, this team was 7-6-2 and two, and actually lost again after that, I believe, its next two games. This season, 5-8-2. and two. If you look it up, historically, if you're not in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving in this country, because there, there was a Canadian one in October, U.S. Thanksgiving, don't confuse it with the Canadian Thanksgiving. If you're not in a playoff spot in a, in a week and a half or whenever Thanksgiving falls, you don't make the playoffs. Your odds become much longer. This team is playing careless and sloppy hockey with a lot of bottom six type of guys whose lives should revolve around never being careless and never being sloppy. Um, The other thing with Dean is this. Okay, so I've given Dean credit, and Declan knows this whisperer. I've given Dean credit because this team has, you know, usually been under Dean pretty good in the regular season, and then they go out in the first round of the playoffs, which, by the way, is another conversation that might be worth firing him for that alone because I think he tightens up. We can't make fun of Kirk Cousins clenching his teeth and tightening up and then be like, well, Dean tightens up and that's fine. No, it's not fine. Your players take a cue from you. It is time to make a change. Bill Guerin, friend of the show, you need to go in a different direction at Coach I've Seen Enough. Oh, boy, that's... Yeah, uh, you just made the list! It's not looking too good there for, for Dean Evison. The the thing that I've made a point to Judd is, and look, love me some friend of the show, Bill Guerin. Comes on here, shoots it straight with us. Big fan of that. But I, I did not understand the contract extensions that were handed out here. I mean, Frederick Goudreau, a replacement-level bottom six guy, is signed here through 2028. Ryan Hartman got a three-year extension after basically a really good pop-up season when you could have just wrote him off here at the end of the year and then said goodbye. You gave Marcus Fleno, who I like, but is going to be 36 years old by the time his contract also expires. Now, they're not going to fire Bill Guerin. They're not going to fire Bill. So the next chapter is, if the team isn't performing on the ice and the team that they put together here, the general manager, the scouting department, everyone, analytics together, they've put together this team and they're not getting out of they're not getting the results they want out of it then the next guy up is the head coach it's the same team from last year and there are some regression stats especially goaltending that I'll bring to the table here in a little bit but this is the same team from last year and it's drastically worse is it because they've always been an overachieving team or is it because they've now just hit a wall and they have a head coach who's gone stale a little bit and this is just classic hockey stuff which infuriates me but that's kind of what the Wild are looking at here. They're not a good team, and how do they get out of this? They, they're not going to trade players. It probably starts with firing your head coach. Wow. Wow. So I have, I have some dumb questions. So thoughts? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thoughts? No dumb questions. Okay. Okay. Yep. No. First no. of all, I I didn't know Jeb was going to fire a coach for sure, but I could sense it in our like text messages, I'm at my like, wit- email threads. I'm that, at my wit's end. So it's always a monumental moment when now Judd almost fired Quasey, the Vikings general manager, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And then today you called him a top five GM. So I wonder if there is a comeback trail for Dean here. If we look back and say, wow, thank God the Wild stayed the course. And maybe in a month and a half, you know, Dean can fire. But it does kind of feel like like hockey shelf lives, right? It's like a handful of years at most, three, four years, and then you need a new voice in the room. 
Here's my biggest concern and question for you guys. Dumb question. Kaprizov, they're not going anywhere this year. Maybe they maybe they fire a coach and spark a run to the playoffs, right? Okay, Kaprizov has two years left on his contract after this. Mm-hmm. But correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't a no-move clause kick in next year for him? Or does that no-move clause exist this year too? Ooh, uh, per cap-friendly, the no-move clause kicks in next season. Yep. Kicks in next season. So he's, he doesn't have no he has no clauses this season no clause. Okay, so my question is, he's got two years left on his deal. Can you win big with Kaprizov as your centerpiece? You're not going to this year probably, right? Next year or the year after? And if the honest answer is no, should you entertain trading him for a haul oh and build around your 22 year olds for the next five years? Very fair question. Not a dumb question. And here's my... I'm going to get savaged oh, by yeah, the Judd's yeah. Hockey and, Show And here's my comeback. Oh, you Just will. Yes, you yep. will get savaged by you. them. Yep. But, but, but let me answer that question because there have certainly been times where we have entertained the idea of trading stars because they might not go to another level. They might get you a huge return. But in this case, I don't think so. Kirill Kaprizov, something seems off, and I don't know if it's an off the ice thing. I don't know if he's still hurt from the Logan Stanley hit against the Jets last year. He's just not doing Kirill things. But I think the question is: Is Dean Evason going to get that out of Kirill? Like, like if and when they do win, and potentially win big, is Dean going to be the guy behind the bench pushing the buttons? And my response right now is no. So this is not just a short-term thing. I just think it feels to me, and, and I'm not sure what Dex thinks about this statement, it feels to me like he's lost the room. And in hockey, that's a real thing. I mean, in sports, that that's a thing. In hockey, it's – but, I mean, after last night's game again, they had – wait for it – players only meeting. They've oh, done they, they've done that like twice now and Dean is <laughs> Dean is complaint guys and and I forgot to say, you know, Matt Boldy is not playing well. I guess according to uh Russo's piece in the Athletic today, the, the coaching staff sat him down 2 weeks ago and challenged him and he's back to doing the same crap. And so while the Kaprizov question is certainly one worth talking about and entertaining, uh, I am not ready to go down that route. I would far rather see if you could get someone in here who he either respects more or listens to and that can, because I think Kirill is eventually part of the solution, hopefully, not the problem. And I think that right now with what Dean is not getting out of this team, it's become very clear because like this team is playing poorly from the best guy to the worst guy. I think it's become very clear that there is a coaching problem here and you know what he's he's a different personality because dean's a nicer guy but at the end of the day from a locker room standpoint this might be have graduated to a mike zimmer standpoint you know Mm. older coach we gotta work harder we gotta do this do that i mean if you go back and look at dean's career dean's career was built on mucking it up working his ass off he loves that and there's nothing wrong with that but he's fifty nine and he looks like he's seventy six. Well, too, and he right? looks like worse than ever because he just. I'm boy. I, I, I mean, the team's not playing well. Mm-hmm. He is super stressed. His, uh, I, I think his his issues with, uh, uh, um, like, ticks 
with his head neck bending gets worse as the team loses more. Like, you could just tell the stress is a lot. But anyway, I think the starting point of trying to fix this is not entertaining like a Kirill trade. I think it's far more saying, how can we get our own Kevin O'Connell-esque type of coach yeah, here? Yeah, that's to what get, I was thinking. To get like, who's more. the KOC? Who's yep. hockey KOC yep. that they can bring in? Yeah, and Kirill's been a passenger at best, and that's probably putting it kindly this year. He has one even-strength goal in 15 games this year. Incredible. One. He scored four of his five goals on the power play. His shooting percentage is criminally low, like it's 8.9%. He he shoots a ton, so he's going to have a higher shooting percentage than league average, but he's, he's pressing. He's minus 11 on the ice. I don't take a whole lot of stock all the time in plus-minus, but when your star player is minus 11 with one even-strength goal through 15 games, that's a problem. His turnovers are absolutely incredible. I mean, he is he's become a sieve. And I just, look, if this was him, if everybody else was playing well, okay, and Kirill was struggling, I would say he's just struggling. He'll probably be fine. But this is a team-wide problem. This is a team-wide problem. And to come back, so, so they beat the... Islanders, I believe it was, Declan, correct me if I'm wrong, last Tuesday. Yep. And and that's a grinded-out opponent. Win. That was a good a win. really good win, but mm-hmm. that, that's a grind-out opponent. They go and play a Rangers team that was uh, was without a guy by the name of Adam Fox, who's the best defenseman in the league, or he's not the best. He's one of the best. Um, that was, But he's still good. They lose there. They go to Buffalo, put a ton of pressure on. They lose there. Then they come home on Sunday with a day off on Saturday and give up five power play goals. Dallas scored more power play goals in the game on Sunday than they had on the season. Like this wow. is this is this is incredible and to have that sort of you don't play again at home for a week plus. You don't have to play all week long cuz you're traveling and you put on from top to bottom an absolute horse bleep performance. To me, that comes down to coaching. The only team, uh, from what I can tell, that has given up more goals are the San Jose Sharks, who oh, are actually hunting right. hunting through the ocean for the number one overall pick, I yeah. would assume, right? Yeah. So, okay, here's another dumb question for you guys as the Whisperer surveys what needs to be done here in the coming weeks. How good is the Wild's young nucleus? Like, Compared to the rest of the league, let's say. Because we can say, oh, they've got some good 21 and 22-year-old players and Kaprizov's, you know, 26. I'm talking about Boldy, Rossi, uh, Brock Faber, and then let's add Kaprizov as, like, you know, the guy in his prime. If you mm-hmm. if you start with that as sort of a young nucleus, how good is that nucleus if they're going to look to do something big and go deep in the playoffs? Maybe not this year, but the next two or three years. And how much can a new coach unlock that young nucleus? And I would, I would also honestly include Joel Erickson Eck into that conversation too. Yeah, he's 20, 27. He's yeah. 27 years old, and he's been a core player, and he's been a, he's been a stud for you. Um, their next wave of prospects is not going to be here like anytime soon. So the, the core you're talking about in Faber and Boldy and Rossi uh, and Kaprizov, that, that's, that's a decent core to have, but because of their salary cap problems, it's hard to really fill out the rest of their roster here. And the fact they've also married themselves – to a bunch of bottom six guys, and that's what I just that that part blew my mind. I thought the Wild were going to take a step back this year. I thought maybe borderline playoff team at best, but for them to basically have an arranged marriage with all these veteran players that they are committing to, 
That part confused me because they were setting themselves up because they have one more year. They have another full season of these of this buyout hell that they're in because of Prezi and Suter. I figured that, all right, they're going to they're gonna bide their time a little bit here. Maybe they can still re-sign Kirill Kaprizov when all the buyouts come up, uh, and they still have a decent amount of core players. They don't have enough surrounding talent outside of those guys that Phil was mentioning to make a huge difference. They don't. And you can you know find replacement-level players that can play those roles. That happens in hockey all the time. I like this core, but that supporting cast is not good enough to elevate the rest of the team around them. What I don't get is this. Um, why are we seeing letdowns? And my guess is it's uh, contractual security, like Boldy. He's turning into uh, old school Charlie Coyle 2.0 or Greenway, who did the same crap. Now, Coyle's gone to Boston. He's magnificent now. He's, be, he's turned himself in, in, into a really good player. And I am not saying Boldy should be traded He's at the start of a contract. He's going to be, I think, a good player. But when you see, again, when you see your top players, for the most part, just lack what looks to be like all desire to prove themselves, which is what we're seeing right now. Like, if it, again, if it's one player, I'm like, okay, that guy deserves talking to, but the rest of the team is going to hold, hold him accountable. As Dean said, and this, this to me is like the, this is the problem. Like, like this is when you've lost the team. Dean said on the bench last night, because they were turning over the puck like it was going out of style, that there would be guys on the bench saying, you know, got to hold the puck. Don't turn it over again. We got to do this. We got to do that. No turnovers. And that same guy then, according to Dean, would go out on the ice and turn it over. Your message has been lost. Your message has been lost. Um, I I think that the long-term future of this team with Wallstead uh, coming up from Iowa, my guess in goal next season, I think the long-term future could be fine. But I think what we're seeing right now is a snapshot of something that you need to try and fix. This is a, in my opinion, that this is becoming a cultural problem, and it's way too close. And I never thought I would say this because I never thought this would happen with this core group. This is becoming way too close to the Parisian suitor type crap. It seems like guys are comfortable. It seems like, to Declan's point, guys who are grinders got contracts, and now we're like, I, I got a contract. Um, it feels like because the team is cap-strapped and can't make a ton of moves, that guys are taking security in that instead of instead of um, motivation. So I see some cultural problems that I don't like. And, I mean, Bill Guerin is, is to me, the last guy to put up with this type of crap. Uh, but I don't see a way to get around it unless you actually come down with some type of hammer to alert these guys that this is not going to be another Wild Club Med 2.0. And Bill Guerin's worked way too hard to change the feeling inside that room to now allow the same thing to creep back in because some old guys think, I'm comfortable. And what they did, and Dex can get to uh, the goaltending metrics next, but what they did to Flurry last night was absolutely disgusting. They hung him. He's almost 39. In two weeks, I think he turns 39. He's an old man. Well, I'm an old man. He's an old man for hockey. Yeah, by the way, happy, happy birthday, birthday to Judd, by the way. Thank yeah. you very happy much. Birthday, I'm 54 Judd today. To, he's going he's gonna to have an aneurysm on his 54th birthday. The flower. About the Minnesota Wild. Well, the flower is going to be 39 in two weeks. And they hung his ass out to dry. 
That is a Parisian suitor type of move. And and I just, I'm sorry, I have no interest in watching this crap again, especially with some older guys who have no excuse for what, for the crappy performance they are putting out right now. Nothing can uh, can mask some stink like good goaltending. Like good goaltending can can carry you. And maybe Jesper Wallstead is the answer there next season or hell, maybe in a month uh, with the way the goaltending is playing. Uh, that that can help you bail bail some things out, but goaltending is a very it, it it goes up and down. It's very inconsistent, and especially guys that aren't like Vesna caliber year in year out really good goaltenders. So Philip Gustafson is a poster boy for this. Okay, so his last year in Ottawa, he wasn't good. That Ottawa team stunk. Um, he had a GAA of three and a half. Uh, his goal saved above expected was also a negative figure. It was not a good analytic figure. It wasn't a good traditional figure. Last year he steps up plays out of his mind. So on let's let's go on the penalty kill here. So there's the there's the narrative in hockey that your best penalty killer is your goaltender. Last year, Philip Gustafson allowed just 13 goals on the penalty kill. So on on the power play for the other team, he's allowed just 13 power play goals. His 918 save percentage was the best figure in the NHL. Was there was not a single goaltender had a better save percentage when uh, facing a power play than Philip Gustin. The next closest guy was 20 points lower. Like, it's a completely unsustainable stance, right? Like, you're, you're, you're down a man. The other team has the puck in your zone. You're not going to be able to stop all the pucks. He posted a save percentage that is better than most league average 5-on-5 five five save percentages. So let's fast forward to this year. This season, Philip Gustafson has the seventh worst save percentage. He has already allowed nine goals on opposing power plays. Marc-Andre Fleury, now a lot of it came yesterday, has allowed 10 goals on the power play. They have combined to allow 19 power play, or, uh, yeah, 19 power play goals. They're two of the worst goaltenders on the penalty kill. And yes, the Wild have historically had really good systems in front of their goalies that make ordinary goalies look better. We've seen it with Devin Dubnik. We saw it with Cam Talbot. We saw Philip Gustafson. They've they've had a system here that usually works really well, but it also ebbs and flows. It yo-yos from year to year. And this year, they aren't getting even remotely league average goaltending, and it's killing them. Thoughts disgusting. This is Thoughts disgusting. Whisper? At, least your this. Team, at least your team looks really good. All of this. I think to Declan's point, okay, it feels like there are certain things that aren't sustainable in sports. Like in baseball, if you see a guy with uh, an inflated batting average on balls in play, that's going to come back to earth. You should probably plan for that. It feels to me like maybe they didn't plan on certain goaltending-related metrics coming back to earth in their mapping out of the 2023-24 season. That's more of a front office problem than a coaching problem. Mm -hmm. I know he's a friend of the show here, but... How much does the the attention turn to Billy Guerin at some point here, too? Because, I mean, he's the architect of all this, right? You can't – tolerance for poor performance is uh, something that I feel like stood for way too long with this team. Well, and on, on Gus, you know, the reality is the Cam Talbot trade a year ago with the Senders turned out to be a great trade. And Gustafson came in as the backup to Flurry, and then won the job because he played so well. But, I mean, yes, Bill Guerin was taking a chance. I feel like the veterans that were signed uh, that Declan talked about, the Felino contract, Hartman over to Goudreau, I feel like those were more of a Bill Guerin-Dean thing because Dean loves those guys. Those are his oh, yeah. core-type guys, which drives me absolutely up the wall. Um, 
but yes, and and look, I am suggesting that Dean Evason be fired, which means Bill Guerin's the next guy. Like he's in the line of fire then. Uh, but wow. I don't think that you can sit here and watch this. I'm not sure what Dex thinks. I don't think that you can sit here and watch this and just accept it. You've worked, again, it's a cultural problem. You worked your ass off to change this thing. You bought out two guys and put yourself into salary cap hell. So, like, these were, that's that's no small move. And and I don't care if these guys are nicer or say hi in the hallway more oh. than Parisi and Suter did. I don't give a damn. The complacency that I'm seeing and the inability, and this is the Dean thing, the inability to get more from his top players. I don't care if you consider him superstars or not. I would argue at his best, Kaprizov is Zuccarello, not, you know, uh, Hartman, certainly not. But the inability to get more from your top line players to get, and, and the one thing on on the Gustafson Flurry power play goal stat, and I don't know if this is, it's quantifiable, but it would take some work. Um I don't know how many goals this year have come off rebounds and plays in front that the defense doesn't get to. Yep. Because, like, you can hang your goaltender out too dry. Like, last night was a gong show of horse manure, and it was mainly the guys in front of the flower. They they literally fertilized the flower last night <laughs> by putting manure on the puck and allowing the stars to score goals. They were they were fertilizing the flower who can grow, but he ain't going to get better in goal. Um, but I can't tell you the amount of loose pucks in front that they just don't get to now. And that is one thing. That is, do you want to get to the puck or not? God, look at Judd. This is great. You know, I, I'm pretty that, worked up about yeah, this. You start to f- mentally fade with age. You know, Judd's turning 54, and he's as sharp as he's ever been. You know, another thing, too, that I know that – Kaprizov's not exactly off to an amazing start here, and you guys say he sort of looks checked out. But so he's—it's not like he's playing his ass off and he's having the best season, and everyone else around him is letting him die. I get that he's sort of part of the problem in some ways, but it feels like the franchise is wasting his career. Oh, to yeah. me, I mean, he's 26 years old. This is a waste. In, yeah. in hockey, it's not like you don't—you don't really get to play at that level until you're 33 or 34. You can stay in the league for a long time, but yeah. like you're at your best right now at age 26, and it does feel like it's just kind of a waste. I mean, they're not on track to make the playoffs right now, and he's one of the three best players in franchise history, probably four. He's on the Mount Rushmore. I would—I would, I would oh, say on there, right? Like yeah, he's on there. And it's just, you know, they're just, and here they are just kind of toiling. They got cap issues and, you know, they've got goaltending issues and they might fire a coach. Like, what are we, what are we doing here with the career of one of the best players in franchise history is my biggest question. It would be marketing basically suicide to trade him this year. Like if they traded Kirill Kaprizov, yeah. they, they would get, not a, fans would bail on season tickets. There isn't a lot of lore there to go there. There, it would be awful. There was the great uh, thirty for thirty called King's Ransom when Wayne Gretzky got traded from the Oilers to the Kings. This would be the equivalent of a King's Ransom situation. It would now the Oilers were like coming off their fourth Stanley Cup or, or multiple Stanley Cups. I don't think they traded yeah. them after the Stanley Cup, but it would be marketing suicide for them to do that. But. At this point, you are wasting career. Like your those two opportunities that you had in the first round series that have res, or that have resulted in exits here the last few years, th- those are it, man. Those are your best teams, and now 
you're heading down to downslide, and he's going to be a free agent in two or three years, and you'll have the salary cap that will free up by then, but does he also still want to be there by here? My issue with that is I have, right now, I have no interest in trading him. I have, I want to find ways to make this work and to fix it. And that, that, that again, if you defend Dean and say, well, I mean, it's not all his fault. And he, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He hasn't gotten past the first round ever. So like at some point in time, that's what I, I, I look at that. I look at what's currently transpiring and I look at Kirill as the engine of the car and I don't want to trash the engine for before I do that, I'm going to make other changes, other significant changes. And I'd start with Dean. I really would. I would start with Dean because if that second tier of players were very key to you or hell, the bottom tier of players aren't giving you their all, that's on you, dude. Your whole thing is that's how I played. That's the work I'm going to get. And, you know, you can only send Marcus Felino in to talk to the, to address the group and MF them so many times before that's going to fall on deaf ears too. And it probably has, but the Kirill thing, just to be very, very clear, I don't think trading him at this point, I, I know that, that he gets uh protection from being traded in a year. I don't have any interest in trading him. I have an interest in trying to diagnose what's wrong here and jumpstart this team immediately. But more importantly, also, uh, put everyone in a position where they realize that they can't get away with the stunts and the crap that they are currently pulling, and that's what's driving me crazy. I, I see them going back to the habits that Bill Guerin fought so hard to change, and it's absolutely maddening because, for the most part, they don't have enough talent to be doing this crap. Mm. I, mean, I, just can't, I just, I, I just, just came don't. to hear Judd call for a coach's head, and I am satisfied. Okay. Yeah, it's time for a change. It's time for a change at the X. Again, I think because of timing, uh, if they go to Sweden and lose two games, though, and they come home with no coaching change, I will be very disappointed in my good friend, Bill Guerin. I mean, even the Oilers obviously fired, rightfully so, their head coach. After a win. After a win. They finally won a game, Uh, and then they they fired his ass. He was a bit of a more of a obnoxious buffoon or uh, he was a bit of aloof like the fact he was like mocking people like i'm not getting fired and then like well you now you're memed now you now now you're literally a laughing stock on on the internet dude but well and i like you know dean seems like a very nice guy this is not a personal thing this is not a he's a jerk at all this is a i don't think what you're doing is working Mm -hmm. this is very simple and if nothing else i said you just made the list I said the same thing about Baldelli in July, and guess what? Twins came back and played well. I love Judd using the Vikings flag to it's point. A pointer. It's a pointer. His, it's a pointer. I don't have a pen, so okay. I use my I used the Vikings flag as a pointer. It's time to make a change. That's all I got for you. Sounds good. I'm satisfied. Thank Thanks you very for letting much. me sit in here and eavesdrop on Judd firing a coach. Declan, take us home. I was going to say, well, if if you're having electrical or you know issues. In your home, the Wild have electrical issues. Maybe uh, with their star players, who would uh, who would you call for that? Oh, uh, I would call not that one. 
There you I would call my friend. Yeah, right there. At Finch Home Solutions, Matt, of course. Matt Boldy. And call, Matt, call Matt, Matt Boldy. Yeah, call, Matt call Matt Boldy. He'll burn Plain your house there to down. Keep you busy. He'll accidentally burn your house down. You know what Finch Home Solutions is going to do? They're going to uh, fix, as Declan said, any electrical problems in your home. Finch is your one-stop shopping for small. Like, let's say that you need an outlet installed. Let's say that your home has a two-prong outlet. You decide, I want that to be three-prong. Let's say your entire home needs to be rewired. Major project, but very important for the safety of you and your family. Finch Home Solutions, again, is the place to call or check out. In fact, go to their newly designed site right now, finchhomesolutions.com. Finchhomesolutions.com. It's easier than ever to navigate. You can actually uh, set up an appointment through that. Cody and his team will come out. That They will help you. They will get anything that you need done. Courteous, professional. They always shoot straight. Finchhomesolutions.com is the place to go. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. This is Judd's Hawk Show. we got Flagrant Howells also coming up uh, later today. Scoop session. Write that down. Coming up. Plenty of things at your disposal right here in the Scornorth YouTube channel. We'll be back at you later.